This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. We love connecting with you on social media. We'll bring encouragement, scripture, giveaways, and more to your social media feed. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lifeway Women. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Heinman, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. Or should I call you E? Or should I call you <laughs> We've just had this conversation about all the different nicknames for Elizabeth. Yes, there are a lot of them. And we have several coworkers who have nicknames for Elizabeth. Betsy, who has been on the podcast. That's right. Isn't Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, yes. But this week, we we don't have an Elizabeth on the podcast. Right. We have we have Hunter Velas on the podcast with us. And we are so excited to talk with you, Hunter. Hello. Yeah, well, Hunter. I, I have to tell you that there are not that many nicknames for Hunter, particularly hunters that are girls. The only yeah. one I've gotten is like Hunter in the forest, which I'm not sure that I'm too <laughs> fond of. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever just go by like H? No, I okay. I guess like when I was growing up, uh, a lot of my best friends would call me Hunt. Okay. But that's yeah. the only nickname I've yeah. ever had. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I've ever met a, a hunter yeah. that was a female, but I like it. I like that. Thank you. There are not very many of us in the world, but there are some, I have to say. We've connected <laughs> online and we always have a moment with each other. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now that we know your name, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your ministry. Uh huh. Well, funny enough, I'm married to Brooks. So you can imagine the confusion oh, in yeah. our home. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Hunter Belis gets more mail than he does some <laughs> days. Uh, yeah. But I am married to Brooks Belis. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. We've been married for 10 years and we have three kiddos. Our oldest is Hadley. She's seven. We have a middle child named Davy. She is also a girl that is going to have probably similar struggles <laughs> that I have grown up with. Uh, she's named after Davy Van Auken. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, A Severe Mercy. It's one of our okay. favorites. Yeah. Um, Davy Van Auken is, I could go on and on about her. She's a wonderful <laughs> person. Look her up. But our Davy is Davy Catherine, and she's five. And we have a little boy named Bo, who we affectionately call the Bonado. And he is three years <laughs> uh -huh. old. Well, most most little three-year-old boys are, yes, that very much describes <laughs> yes. that. Tornado status, for sure. So that describes our home. We homeschool uh, during the day. That's the way I spend most of my time. And my house also looks like a tornado, thanks to Bo, uh, <laughs> half the time. Um, and in the fringe hours, I hop into my closet, which is where I'm at right now. Uh, everyone else is napping. And I am recording with you guys. I record for my own podcast. It's called Journey Women. And I sometimes uh, sit down and write. And I had the privilege of writing a children's book that be published on April the 19th with B&H Kids called Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It. So right now I'm in marketing season and doing all of those things in the fringe hours. Awesome. Yeah, we were telling you before we came on that a lot of our listeners also listen to the Journey Women podcast. We have heard from many of them and they love it. And so tell us a little bit more about your podcast and, you know, for maybe the the few uh on the Venn diagram that where it doesn't overlap for the Mark podcast and journey <laughs> women tell us about it. And then what you hope your listeners uh, get from listening to the podcast. 
Aw, well, it's still a surprise to me, Elizabeth. I have to say that anyone listens besides my mom. I mean, my dad, he recently passed away and I always affectionately say that he was like the number one Journey Women listener, Mm -hmm. which is so funny. Um, But, you know, we started Journey Women about five years ago, which was a really long time in the span of podcasts. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I really yearned for content, kind of like what you guys create, where women are just sitting and having discussions about who God is Mm -hmm. um, and talking deeply about the truths of scripture and I didn't find that podcast. So I thought, well, why don't I create it? So my husband gifted me, uh, we were just talking about microphones, a Yeti (laughs) microphone, a Yeti blue, which at the time was like the cool new thing. And um, he encouraged me to just begin having conversations with mentors and friends um, and to consider putting them out in a podcasting format. And so it really um, happened not on a whim. It was, it was thoughtful, but, uh, you know, it was something that I thought was an experiment that wouldn't extend beyond my immediate friend circles. Mm -hmm. And, oh man, it was such a surprise to me to find that there were other women who were also kind of craving, um, listening to that kind of conversation between women. And so over time, um, we have honed in what we're doing at Journey Women. And so it's, uh, changed over the years. Uh, but I think the, the hope has always remained the same. And that is that women will really come to know and love God and his word, that they'll find their hope in the gospel and that they'll seek meaningful membership in their local churches as they go out on mission uh, for the glory of God. And so all the things that we create, uh, the conversations that we host and the um, resources that we produce are all centered around that goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started listening last week. I just, you know, I knew we were going to get ready to, we were getting ready to interview you. And I was like, I want to, you know, kind of hear more about it. And just the, the guests that you have are so solid and just people that I think are, even our listeners would enjoy going back and, and listening to some of them. You know, I'm like, oh, wait, she's got Patrick Schreiner on there. I I just looked at one of his commentaries. (laughs) I think I need to, you know, listen to that one. So um, I know that that's, that's a lot of fun. And, you know, just, Podcasting is a whole, like, I, I, someone recently told me that they see podcasting as kind of like books. Like, hmm. yeah. because some people have said, oh, when is too many podcasts? When do you, and somebody said, well, when is too many books? You know, yeah. you yeah. can have different reasons for different podcasts. Definitely. And so I, I think that it's going to continue to grow and that you find those little niches of, you go, you know what? No one else is doing it. Let's, yeah. let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's been really encouraging to see the amount of women um, who have just, and, and men too, but I, I love seeing women um, starting podcasts. And yeah. um, I've been so encouraged to see so many of them really have a lot of depth. And that's mm-hmm. just been really neat to see how just how many women really do love to talk about the Lord and the truths of his word. Yeah. And yeah. just thinking about how that is such a a great thing to be playing throughout your home or in your car or just in your ears if you have just earbuds in. But just like that truth, uh, just a reminder of our stories and how they intertwine with God's story and how he is, you know, shaping our lives. And Mm -hmm. just what a, I mean, what a great thing to just have playing in your ears um, Mm -hmm. as you go about your life, for sure. And even when you hear, like, you know, I look at some of your guests and I think, well, well, we've had them on the Mark podcast. The conversation is going to be completely different. Totally. Right. Totally. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, Hunter, you do have this new book coming out. Read it, see it, say it, sing it. Talk about how the project came about. 
Uh, well, you guys have a wonderful acquisitions editor over there at um, <laughs> B&H. Her name is Ashley, and Ashley. she is so wonderful. I absolutely adore her, and she reached out to me, and she had seen that my kids and I, um, one of the ways that I use my Instagram profile is just to share uh, what we're memorizing in scripture. And so I've been doing that for a while. You know, one day it just kind of accidentally made its way into the Instagram stories, as you guys know, like organic (laughs) content often does. And um, so many people were just inspired and encouraged by what I had shared about my daughter. I don't remember how old she was at the time, memorizing God's word. Um, And so Ashley was like, hey, would you want to explore the idea of writing a book about um, memorizing scripture with kids? And I thought, oh man, I am really, really passionate about that. But as a mom of three young kiddos, I know the hardest part about the whole thing is just getting the kids excited about doing it. It's like we all know we want to be doing it and really actually executing it is not that complicated, but it does become complicated when it becomes a disciplinary issue and whenever it's like people are grumbling and complaining and nobody just, nobody's (laughs) excited. So I thought, man, I think everybody wants to be memorizing scripture. What if we wrote a kid's book that would really help parents communicate the importance of memorizing God's word to their children so that they would understand, oh, wow, mom wants me to do this because this is going to help me see Jesus. Mom wants me to do this because it's the only book that has the power to transform my heart. Mom wants me to do this because it helps me fight sin. Like all these different truths about what God's word is to us and how vital it is to the life of a Christian. That was my hope to be able to impart that to children in a winsome way in a book that the whole family would enjoy. Oh, yeah. I mean, my kids are grown now, but when they were small and even in the car, okay, this is going to date me. We had cassettes. And so (laughs) I had a Steve Green cassette of like different verses. And there was one about like, keep your tongue from evil. Keep oh, your I totally keep your tongue from evil. Yes. Keep your tongue. Yes. I've got it. <laughs> so you're probably my kid's age. So like they would have to hold their tongue and sing it. And we would just, I, you know, it was so much fun. So fun. It really made memorizing scripture doable. And yeah. they didn't, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't like this, okay, we're going to sit down, we're going to memorize, but just how does this change your heart? You know, how does this really, because when we know that scripture's in us, you know, it does, you know, to say that it'll keep us from sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that reason, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, How do you choose the verses that you memorize with your kids? Mm, I've done it so many different ways, Elizabeth. Like, <laughs> I feel like I can tell you all the ways not to do it and then yeah. ways to do it. I mean, Right now we're trying to memorize Hebrews 11 and it's been oh, wow. one of the most challenging tasks. The whole, um, so the whole chapter? The whole chapter. And that's that's one of the things that we do is we started to memorize contextually. So we started to yes. memorize chapters, which is crazy. I know it names, sounds amazing. All the names. Yes. Oh yeah, all the different names. I mean, trust me, we're we're on verse six right now and it's taken us okay. about a month. But <laughs> I have to say that has been one of the more challenging like approaches. And it was really for me, I was like, man, I would love for them to kind of get a grasp on the big story of the Bible. What if we mm-hmm. memorize something where we could help that would help them trace their way through the text? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not recommend that approach. <laughs> I would recommend um, starting with something that is short and something that is actually going to connect with your everyday life so that mm-hmm. as you go through your day, um, you're able to easily uh, be 
fueled to prayer and to praise. Um, and we know the Psalms are that for us, right? And mm-hmm. the Psalms are also the songbook for God's people. And so they're really easy to memorize. So when somebody is starting to think about, okay, I don't want to just memorize like an isolated verse here and there, I really would love to memorize contextually, which is like, you know, a whole portion of scripture, maybe a whole chapter. Um, I always suggest going to the Psalms. And I realized that my little tiny kids, I think they were at the time, um, like less than one, three, and and five could memorize an entire chapter by starting with Psalm one. And that chapter is just six verses. And we accidentally memorized it because we had picked up like a packet of cards that were supposed to be kind of foundational verses for kids. Mm. And in that packet, it had all six verses. And that was when I first had the realization, wow, they can memorize a lot more than I actually give them credit for. And so we started on this endeavor to memorize Psalms. And I got to tell you, that has been the most wonderful practice. It's amazing to see the way um, that it it, it makes its way into their prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's amazing to see how it just fuels our praise as we go about our day. Like we'll pass by the hills and we'll say, oh, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, you know, or Psalm 19, one, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to be able to go throughout the day and to really do what Deuteronomy 6 describes, like to talk about the precepts and commands of the Lord as you sit, when you rise, as you walk by the way. Um, And I think having them in our our hearts like that enables us to do that together as a family. So my best suggestion is to find something uh, that really connects with you and and that will fuel your prayer and fu- fuel your praise, which really all scripture can. Right. Uh, but the Psalms are a wonderful place to start because they were meant to be sung. Mm. I love that. And I also like to think of, you know, you writing songs for all these verses in Hebrews 11 and how this could be like a Hamilton kind of musical for uh, the Hall of Faith. <laughs> Just like, oh man, we'll see. Know. We'll see how, we'll see if we actually get this done, Elizabeth. My followers, you know, we'll post on Instagram stories and stuff, um, the updates and they're uh-huh. like, where's the next update? And now we're like, we're still working on this verse because it's about Enoch and how oh, yeah. he was raised up, you know, and you're just like, okay, this is going to take us some more time than yeah. um, Psalm 1 took but yeah it's been really fun and no no you know all scripture is god's breeze and is right. useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so really it doesn't matter which verse you memorize they're all yeah. gonna be none of them will return void yeah and, and i mean that's you just said that i mean like you when you said that i was thinking there is i mean when we memorize scripture the the impact of just saying that out loud mm-hmm. there's power in that and yeah. i you know, I mean, I can still remember, um, I think I was a senior in high school, but we had an interim pastor at our church hmm. and there was one sermon that I, I don't remember any other sermon he preached, but he preached one sermon and all it was, was his scripture. Like he memorized wow. scripture and yeah. he pretty much like the whole sermon mm-hmm. was just kind of the gospel from beginning to end with hmm. scripture mm-hmm. and the impact I mean, you you hear him starting and you're thinking, oh, he's just going to do a few verses. Yeah. And then you realize, you know, a minute into this, this is his sermon. Wow. And it, I mean, it still impacts me this many years later. And so, wow, for our children to be impacted like that, that's, um, 
it'll it'll stick with them their whole lives. Yeah, mm. yeah I remember seeing David Platt, um, yes. and this was like a video at that just like happened online. It was like from the SBC convention back in pastors the conference. early two thousands. Yes, a yep. pastors conference, and he was quoting Psalm one forty eight, and that mm-hmm. was a moment for me, Kelly, just like you described, mm-hmm. where I saw him and I said, "Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord from the heavens! Praise Him in the heights! Praise Him all His angels! Praise Him all His hosts!" And I'm thinking. Oh my word, I have never been so inspired to praise the Lord. And so that's one of the Psalms that we committed to memory. We are uh, striving to do Psalm 148 through 150, which is what David Platt quoted all those years ago. And I watched that when I was in college and I thought, wow, I want to be able to like have God's word that close to me Mm -hmm. um, no matter where I go. And that was a moment where I decided to memorize that at some point, but it actually took me 10 years (laughs) to to, like decide to actually do that. And it was with my kids, which I wouldn't have expected when, when we decided to do that together. And they have been the best little accountability partners and memorization partners. And I, you know, some people listening to this may not have kids, but I think it's just such evidence that doing it together in the context of community um, really does help to actually like to do what you're hoping to do when it comes to scripture memory. Yeah. And that was one of the questions we were going to ask is, do you recommend this same method or a different approach for those of us without kids? Like what are some tips and tricks for adults? I mean, I think that the method, so, you know, the method that I am encouraging people to employ in my book is called Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It. And Mm -hmm. that's really derived from the verses that I referenced in Deuteronomy 6, which a lot of people probably recognize. It's like the famous Shema verses where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. And then he, um, he goes on to say, And these words I command to you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down, when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your head and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so when I thought about trying to encapsulate the method that we've used and that I've used over you know decades now, um, I thought, well, what we read it, we want to repetitively be mm-hmm. reading the text. We want to put it like like they said here in front of our eyes so right. that we remember to regularly rehearse its truths um, and to be uh, to be thinking upon it, you know, like so often I, I just forget things unless I have like a sticky note or a reminder pop up on my phone. And so um, putting it in places where we can see it to remember, to reflect upon it is so helpful. And then we want to say it over and over and over. We want it to be on our lips. Um, and all of that naturally will lead us to praise because as we come to know God more through his word, we're naturally going to be led um, to testify to his wondrous works, as the psalmist said. And we do that through Psalm we do that through whatever whatever means we can. Um, so my encouragement just is to reach for it whenever you can, however you can. And I absolutely think that applies to children and adults. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Kelly and I were talking uh, recently about how we, I when I teach kids how to memorize a scripture or something, uh-huh. I worked 
I did Center Kid Camp for several years. And so uh-huh. we would always have a memory verse. And one of the things that we did every week was do motions to the, because I am not uh-huh, a singer. Yes. Nor do I actually memorize better with song. I just don't because I never know the lyrics of the songs that I yeah. listen to anyway. <laughs> so, but I was like, motions I can do. And so we would yeah. always make up motions. And I was teaching, I was substitute teaching our kindergarten class recently at my church. And I said something like, have y'all done motions for, um, the verse yet and they go one little boy turns to me he says we don't do motions anymore in this class <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I don't know the story that. behind that but we're gonna do motions today <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so great yes and a lot of people have asked you know does this come with a CD or something yeah. like that? Like you referenced Kelly with this Steve yeah. Green thing. And I think singing scripture can be really helpful, but the idea is really more so that we would be moving from doxology, from theology, mm-hmm. our understanding of who God is through his word to doxology, like yeah. our worship of God. So it's more of like mm-hmm. a proverbial singing. It's not, right. doesn't yeah. have to be a literal singing, yeah. though it may be. Um, it, it's more of living a life of praise to God um, out of better understanding understanding who he is and how we ought to live in light of that. Yeah. What was it that you said earlier? You said it should fuel your prayer and feel your praise. Is yes. that how you said that? That's exactly yeah, I, right. I love that. I'm like, yeah. that's a quote. Like that's a definite tweet. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. That's exactly it. Speaking of social media. Okay. You, you talk a lot about, you know, how do we use social media wisely? So, mm-hmm. What are some guidelines for you that you kind of, Mm. how do you consume social media? How are you challenging people to to do better at that? Mm. Oh, man. Well, you know, Kelly, for me, this has been a great struggle of my life is, uh, you know, I love to hear how other people do things. And then I am really good at trying to implement exactly what they do. You know, like I'm a great copycat. Um, And I'm so often drawn to just following somebody else's practice, especially if it's a good practice, Mm -hmm. as opposed to doing the, the challenging work of looking to the word of God to establish biblical principles and then asking the Holy Spirit to help me to flesh those biblical principles out in practice. So I think the important thing, you know, you often hear, well, take a weekend break from social media or regularly like delete the app from your phone, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different practical tips that may be really helpful uh, for people to be able to steward it well. But what I want to encourage women to do is to go to the word of God so that we can determine, okay, what biblical principles ought to actually drive our own practice. Mm -hmm. So Um, I have a couple of verses that I'd love to share that have helped me um, just develop some questions to kind of discern what's going on in my heart when it comes to my practice or my use of social media in particular. Um, I think about Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the question that I derive from that is, okay, am I glorifying God's name or am I glorifying my own name here Mm -hmm. on social media? And I think that's a really helpful barometer for like, what should I share and what should I post? You know, like, is this helping uh, me to encourage others to magnify the Lord with me, as it says in Psalm 34? Um, Another really helpful one actually is derived from that Deuteronomy 6 passage. That passage is obviously like incredibly like top of mind for me. (laughs) Um, But, you know, as I referenced, it talked about these words shall be on your heart. Talk about them when you sit, when you rise, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Um, And the question that I derive from that is, okay, am I like, are, are the words of scripture 
on my heart? Like, am I soaking in the scriptures in a way that that that's what's on my heart? Or am I soaking in social media or saturating myself in social media so that that's really what's like, like top of mind for me or that that's what comes out. Um, and then this is a classic one, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Um, and naturally the question is, okay, is this social media, is this the best use of my time right now? And wow, that one right there. Yeah, that's pretty convicting. <laughs> that one will just get you offline really quick, let yes. me say. Um, and it helps you to be a lot more intentional with the time that you do spend online. And I think when we are scrolling, you know, we all know that kind of mind numbing effect. Like, right. Maybe it's that we're overwhelmed and we don't even know how to process like what we're going through in our day to day life. So we're just going to like, I don't know, try in some way to to feed ourselves with either entertainment or maybe some kind of form of encouragement. Um, And I would just encourage women to think about the psalmist when he says, I will not set my eyes. uh, I will not set before my eyes anything that's worthless. Mm -hmm. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. So asking yourself as you're scrolling, man, am I setting my eyes before worthless things or am I turning away from them? Um, and and all of these questions usually really help me um, to discern whether or not I'm like wisely stewarding, um, you know, the gift of social media. I do think it's a gift. My friend, Tony Ranke, he talks about social media as being the new Roman road where mm-hmm. it's this wonderful intersection of, um, you know, commerce and yeah. trade and the dissemination of information. Like there can be really helpful things online. Like I think the way that we're doing scripture memory and then seeing other families employing that in their own homes, using our beats and using all of the fun little motions, like you referenced Elizabeth to do that in their own home. Like that's a really redemptive use of social social media. Um, But I also know that I have found myself, oh man, just enslaved to the the fear of man, the opinion of Mm -hmm. others. Um, I've set my eyes before way too many worthless things. And so I need those helpful biblical principles um, to inform my practice. And I need to consistently be going back to the word um, and asking God to help me determine the thoughts and intentions of my heart, particularly when it comes to social media use. Can I ask you a question that I, it's been on my mind since the first of the year, because um, every Every uh, January, I do a blog on ministry trends that I'm seeing. Hmm. And one of the things I suggested, but I'd like, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is that I feel like they're, that they're, that your generation and even just like women in their 20s, mm-hmm. I think there is a bit of a trend of really starting to evaluate how they're consuming social media and what they are hmm. posting online. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing some changes Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that this is, it's all so new. And Kelly, this is what's so funny is I get asked about social media a lot. And I'm I'm in my mid 30s. And I often am thinking, man, I really want to be able to reference uh, an older woman about how to do this. But what's funny is, I'm kind of the oldest person on social media. Like, I mean, I know everybody, I've been on social media for the longest because it was back in the day when Facebook, you know, you had to have that .edu email right. address. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I was one of the first. It was yeah. within that time period. Nobody else, no parents, grandparents, nobody could have Facebook. Yeah. I remember Facebook being like invented and my friend being like, <laughs> once it comes to your campus, you need to get on it. Like, and it being the whole thing awesome. the day that we got yes. like that it was open to our university because it was like 
university three by university is how it was ro- rolled out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And for me back then, that was 2006. Yeah. Um, and so I think we've all, you know, spent about a decade uh, and a half online and particularly on social media, social networking. <laughs> I mean, I know there were blogs and Zanga and MySpace, all of that beforehand. Right. <laughs> um, but I think it's given us enough of, uh, of a test pool to see wow, this actually is having an impact on the way we do life. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, Kelly, you know, we were thinking, well, that's not real life. You know, well, that's not, you know, that's just what you do online. And now I think people are beginning to see, especially with like, what is it, the metaverse or whatever it is that's coming down the chute for us all. um, We're starting to see, man, who you are online is who you are. It's, right. it's consistent and it needs to be consistent and we yeah. don't need to think about it as something that's separate, maybe in the way that we did in the past. And so I think people are beginning to realize, wow, what the what I'm taking in online and what I'm um, the time that I'm spending here is really impacting not only my own like my own heart, but also the hearts of the people around me. And so mm-hmm. I need to do a good job of carefully thinking through you know, is this impact positive or negative? Um, and I think a lot of my friends are starting to see, wow, this has had a really ne- negative impact on my own mind, on my own heart, um, and on my family. And so I need to carefully evaluate how I'm going to respond to what I'm seeing in myself. And I'm really glad that women are starting to have those hard conversations and to be honest about the impact that social media is having on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think that's a really good point to about, you know, it may not be real life in a lot of ways, but it is like, you know, I mean, mm. as Jesus said, out of the heart, mm-hmm. the mouth speaks. And so it's like out of the heart, also the hands type and the yes. you know, people tweet out of the heart. And so I think it is this weird thing that we're learning to both separate and not separate at the same time. And I think mm. it's it's a weird perspective that we have to have, but it is something that we're just continuing to learn more and more about um, because we mm. are kind of like the guinea pigs as well as like the people that are using it. So mm-hmm. it's just hard to think through all of that. And it's something that is brand new. And so like you were saying earlier, we just have to take the wisdom that is in scripture and yes. figure out how to apply it to this situation that is not in scripture because Jesus didn't have Facebook, but you know, <laughs> we can still apply these things to uh, the way that we are acting online. Uh-huh. For sure. yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that we wanted to ask you about too, is we know that you've moved homes a lot in your adulthood and we hear from women every so often who mm. are in a new town, in a new situation, whether they move for college or they moved because they're, they work in the military or whatever. And so what encouragement do you have for women who are in a season of change, whether that's like uh-huh. moving or a change of job or, you know, it may not be a change in location, but a transition right. time. And and how do you settle into a new city? Like what are some encouraging, encouragement or maybe some tips for people who are, are finding themselves in that kind of season? For sure. You know, the more I think about transition and change, the more I realize just how much it marks all of our lives even yeah. if we're not making a move, right. especially within the last two years, you guys, we were just talking about all the yes. things that have come like as a result of the pandemic that we walked through and all these different changes. And so there's so many different transitions. There's macro transitions, big ones like a move or adding mm-hmm. a child to the family or a death in the family. And wow, I feel like I have endured a ton of macro transitions <laughs> as of late. Um, but there's also micro transitions. And sometimes the micros can be just as hard as the macros. Mm-hmm. Like I think 
think about every move that we've made getting a new zip code for some reason yes. that is so challenging for me and I stand at the gas pump after I've put in the card and I just think which one is it god I don't know I still I still am like I've lived in my house for seven years and people will be like you know, what's the end of your street address? Is it place or boulevard or whatever? And I'm like, gosh, what is it? I don't know. Like, is it a street? Yes. Is it a road? I don't... Yes. So, yes, I understand that. <laughs> well, my best encouragement in whatever transition you're facing is just to remember your sentness. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm deriving that from Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Um, You know, when Brooks and I, my husband and I first got married 10 years ago, our very first move was to Fort Hood, Texas. And you would have found a very gloomy version of myself at Fort Hood because I really did not have eyes to see how God could possibly use me in the middle of the Bible Belt. I was at the time working as a fitness instructor at a local gym. So my schedule was opposite of everyone else's. My husband was like in and out of training half the time. Um, Man, I just did not have an understanding of like, who I was and what I was doing there. Um, But what I painfully learned through that move and through subsequent moves is that God really does intend to use us for his purposes and his glory exactly wherever he has us. Mm -hmm. And that may be a move, right? Or it may just be like you're transitioning um, schools or, you know, or you're transitioning churches or something like that. Like God has, um, he has a message that he is wanting you to take with you wherever it is that you go. You know, an ambassador is a diplomat sit by, sent by a country as an official representative. So ambassadors do not represent themselves. They come to deliver this message on behalf of another party. And as believers, we are representing Christ. And the message that we've been given is reconciliation, be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. So I think that in whatever transition you face, you can persevere knowing that you have actually been sent there by God. Remember your sentness and he's given you the message to deliver. So you can just walk by the spirit and proclaim that truth right wherever you are. I think we spend so much time worrying. Are we in the right place? You know, Um, did we make a bad decision to get to this place? And I think just remembering God's sovereignty over every decision that we make um, will help us uh, to really get a vision for why we're where we're at. And then I think it gives us purpose in being there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our last question that we always ask everyone, and maybe you've already answered it. Maybe the moves and what you just said is the thing that's marked you in your walk with Christ. But would you say that or would you say something else has been what has marked you in your walk? I definitely think transition and change has marked the last decade of my life. But even over and above all of that, Kelly, um, I just think about God's abundant grace and how mm-hmm. that has just, man, that has really characterized um, like my entire life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about this question. This is such a good question, you guys, like (laughs) wonderful way uh, to say. We did not come up with it. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I think about that Psalm that I was referencing that we memorized long ago, Psalm 121. um, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. Mm -hmm. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. I just think about being kept by God. Um, And 
how kind he's been to me through that process. And I could elaborate on all the ways in which he's kept me. Um, I think many of the listeners will probably understand that. You just think back on times in your life where you're like, wow, maybe there, there were some really bad decisions that you've made. I mean, for me, I think part of the reason why I'm so passionate about scripture memory and Bible intake is because I've seen the impact of walking away from the word. I had a season of waywardness when I was in high school, when I thought to myself, I don't, I'm not going to be able to continue to please the crowd that I want to please if I continue to spend time in this treasured book because I know God is using it to change me. And I'm not going to be able to act the way that they affirm as cool if I continue to take in the truths of this book. And so I, I set it aside intentionally. It's one of the greatest griefs of my life. And yet even through all of that, I saw the impact of that. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I lament over that season. But even over and above all of that, God kept me and his abundant grace to draw me back to his word through a series of events in high school. I just am so grateful. And so that's really, I think, what's just marked my life with Christ is just his abundant grace. I love that. That's so good. Always a good reminder. It just, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about Jude 1 and just, yeah. you know, to those who are called beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's just such a good reminder that we're kept in him. Yeah, it's a great word to look for. Yeah, Yeah. it's been a joy to get to talk to you guys. I'm really grateful for what you guys do and thankful for the opportunity to talk to your listeners today. Yeah, we're so thankful for you and your ministry as well. Yeah. So listeners, definitely you want to check out Hunter's new book. It's Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It. So you can go to lifeway.com or any of the places where you buy books. And we encourage you. This will be something that will be such an encouragement to you or someone else even as a gift. So again, Hunter, thanks so much. And listeners, we look forward to having you back next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.